Welcome to the State of Charge podcast, a fun weekly inspirational podcast to help keep your spiritual batteries recharged. I am here with John Mann, your host. I am Matt Swartz, your co-host. And John? Yes, sir. We have a special guest today. We do have a special guest today, and we are very excited about having Jason Leith with us this morning. He is from Saddleback Church, and they have a very, very unique ministry that they do there, and we wanted Jason to tell us about it. But before we get into that conversation with Jason, we are wrapping up season two. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. It's been a wonderful ride doing this with you, Matt. And season two was on our identity in Christ, and through that, we've had several topics If you haven't had the chance to listen to those other podcasts, we would encourage you to do that. Uh, I know that they were very, very helpful for me. Uh, One of the things, Matt, that we talk about is, yes, we're doing this podcast so that it reaches other people, but I think you and me have grown the most out of this experience together. I would agree with that, especially I I really enjoyed last week on purpose. Yes, I I felt like that really provoke some stuff in me that I've been chewing on lately. So that was really good. Yes, yes. So let's, without further ado, let's get Jason in on the conversation. Uh, Jason, welcome. Thank you for being with us this morning. Hey, you guys. Good to be here with you. Yes. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. Thank you so much for joining us. And like I said, we are wrapping up season two, our identity in Christ. And as Matt and I were going over who who would we like our guest to be as we wrapped up this season, you came to mind specifically because of the ministry that you're uh, overseeing there at Saddleback. And I don't want to steal any words from you, but can you explain to me what your role is there and the ministry that you oversee there with Saddleback? Yes, yes. So for the last uh, 10 years, I've been in um, just, they've, they've given me the task of caring for artists at the church, people who have a creative bent, um, either in music or visual arts, video or design and recently went from visual arts to all the arts because they liked what we were doing and they said we need to do this for more creative people in the church and it's basically giving them a community to be a part of Mm -hmm. allowing them a space to grow spiritually and then empowering them in ministry out in the city and so we've we've tried just about everything with that and try and hoping that we can see artists flourish in and through our church and so i get to uh, care for that initiative I really feel like as we're talking about identity in Christ, this is going to be a fascinating conversation because you both lead and shepherd artists, which identity is a big issue, right? But then also your own personal soul, Hmm. uh, how you manage identity in Christ as you lead that community. So super excited about this. Yeah. The the whole concept of our identity in Christ is, is learning who God has made us and designed us to be for the unique purposes that he has given each and every one of us. And I can't help but think that the creative arts or the arts in general play a massive role in that. Um, Jason, how did Sunval or how did Saddleback decide that they needed this kind of ministry and then put the effort and the energy and the resources into it? Can you tell us a little bit about the beginning stages of it? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. Um, a lot of churches are wondering like how can they really support their creative community because the people are there, but how do we actually support them? Should we do anything? Should we just let them be who they want to be or should we put resources into this? And for our church, after about um, about 30 years, um, in 2010, there was a conversation of, okay, we have 
a lot of artists in this church and we say that we care hmm. about who they are and who they're becoming and the impact that they have in the world but are we putting any resources behind that and not every church has the ability to put you know an immense amount of resources behind that right but after many years in the size of our church for us to say we care about that i think it meant that we ought to put resources behind it um and so there was some conversations that happened amongst leaders and they decided hey we care about this enough that we want to give a space and a budget and a person uh to care for for this community that's that's really what's lacking because we say we care when we say we care about something around here we it's it's time to put hmm. a little bit of resource and intentionality mm-hmm. behind it so that was in about 2010 and you know before that i think most churches are in this place where they would actually not be able to give you know an actual staff person towards this but maybe you can give a space mm. or mm-hmm. maybe you can give um a little bit of your easter budget or your christmas budget towards the arts um and so that's an approach that you can take mm-hmm. to caring for artists but maybe down the road there'd be um somebody that you can say hey we want to give you 15 hours a week and caring for creatives at our church and that's that's what I started out with at Saddleback. So were you then a volunteer at that point in time were you already in a different role at the at the church like how did how did Jason become the pastor over all the arts at Saddleback? I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um I had been a member at Saddleback basically my whole life since 10 years old. And so I I grew up there and mm. I know a lot of good people there. And then I went on my own journey in college. Um I was hired way too early at the church uh to do this job. It scared scared the it just scared me a lot. Um <laughs> I was going to use the word heebie-jeebies and then there was another word in there and I just went with the word a lot. A lot. Um <laughs> immensely. Yes. Um so through college I just uh, was exploring this idea of how can I use my creative gifts to serve the purposes of God. Hmm. And I was actually in tension between being a missionary and being an artist. I felt like I had to choose between these two things, these two identities if you will. Wow. I I was praying about this actually on a on a short-term mission trip in India. Um I was like, God, do you want me to be an artist? Do you want to draw things and make things and make portraits or do you want me to be someone who lives on mission? Yes. And <laughs> can you imagine like an 18-year-old asking this question and wow. and finally I felt like I had a response from the Lord in my heart and in my head and I felt it very strongly this voice um mm-hmm. inside me that said you can do both. Mm. And that was this in this crazy revelation for me that I could do both art and mission that I did not have to choose between those two identities. Oh, wow. So for the next 4 years I just tried to practice bringing those two things together as much as I could and uh I was able to do some things um with making portraits of people who are living on the streets as a way to connect and create relationship that I think were helpful when I said hey I think I could be the guy to to help this arts ministry um mm. I think they saw some of those projects and they're like yeah that's exactly what we want to do with artists we want wow. to empower them to to live on mission and to have that journey that you had which is you don't have to choose between you know your faith and this passion that you have for the arts and they can be they can be one 
that must have been a very liberating response that you you had for yourself to understand that you don't have to give up one or sacrifice the other for the sake of another, but that the Lord put both of those impressions upon your heart, and then he allowed you to do them with that passion and zeal that, that you felt the calling for. So that hopefully that right there, when people are hearing this, will uh, can understand, you know, I, I don't have to always make a choice between one or the other. If God is putting some things on my heart, then let's let's do both, right? Well, and I think, mm-hmm. Jason, just really, you just summarized the past two weeks of our, our podcast about intentionality and then purpose. Literally, your story is a great example of, I, I want to be intentional with my life. I want to live on purpose. And how do I merge them into something that I know that I'm on mission? And so my, my big question for you is, as you stepped into this, what sort of process did you have to go through, even in your own identity, of now you're stepping into leading artists? Like, what did that process look like for you to step into that role? My goodness, it was uh, a big pivot in my life and how mm. I think, because I suffer from kind of a hyper-independence in my life. Uh, and uh-huh. God is always, my story is kind of like God always pushing me back into um, relationship in a way that kind of makes me uncomfortable and, uh, you know, I'm comfortable like being on my own and being in my journal and, and for arts, you know, doing this arts ministry on my own. Um, like I would make portraits without go out and make portraits of people who live on, on the street. And I was really comfortable doing that on my own. And then to be brought into a leadership position. Um, I, I am I'm a middle child, um, and so I'm, I'm very comfortable following and uh-huh. filling the needs of others and um, seeing how I can adapt. But to tell other people and to ask other people to say, "Let's we're going this way. Come on, uh, this is this is what what we're called to do. Uh, whether you like it, like whether you like me or you don't like me, um, I'm going to use my voice to say that this is I think where God is calling us to go. And so that was. A, sh- a shift for me to say, how can this arts ministry not just be one person, um, but a bunch of people working together? So I, I basically took the model of what I was doing on my own. And I said, how can we expand this to so everybody can work together? And what that turned into was um, these really large creative projects that it only could be done when people were working together. Hmm. Um, there was impossible for for just one or two or three people mm-hmm. to carry it out. Mm-hmm at the same at, at one time uh jason just for frame of reference so you're talking about you're really comfortable alone uh, what is your best guesstimate of the size of this community that you're leading then how many people well saddleback lake Forest, like our lake forest central uh campus is you're probably like ten thousand people come there on a weekend um and you know many more call themselves members at the church. Um, and then as a global church, it's more like 40 to 60,000 people um, say that they're part. And so as someone who's at that central campus, you know, sometimes I can think of myself as, as uh, the bucket uh, being 10,000 people. And sometimes I can think of it even wider. Mm-hmm. Um, but our community has, has floated around like a hundred consistent people who say that they are wanting to be part of this initiative and saying that 
this is their family, this is their community. Um, so that's a little bit about the size. So, so from being responsible for one to now a hundred, and 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 when please hear me when I say this because I, this is not a slight to artists, but there is an artist personality and and probably other great independents uh, like you. How did that mm. stretch your your leadership in that? Yeah. Yeah, I really felt like I've um, come to understand a lot about leadership and also be confused about a lot about leadership mm. with leading artists <laughs> or volunteers. Um, it's, uh, yeah, there are a lot of people who are independent and they come and go as they wish. And um, they might decide to not show up that day because they didn't feel like showing up. And so, yeah, I can see my, a lot of myself in that. Um, it's been, it's been really good though, leaning into what community looks like. It looks like, it seems like a lot of people, their life change has really come from being part of a family here at the church and felt like, man, out of this really large community of thousands, I've Mm. felt like my church Hmm. is found here amongst this group of creative people who are pursuing Christ together. You know, one of my experiences with being at a, a large church is how do you make a large church feel small again? And, and that's where those smaller communities like uh, small groups or, you know, worship teams and in your case, the arts um, and different uh, ministries that happen. That's where you really begin to connect with people and really start living life with people and start rubbing off with each other and influencing each other. And so you get a chance to do that in a very creative, a very artistic uh, environment, which I'm sure feeds your soul and recharges your batteries on on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. doesn't it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I see a lot of people who come into the, into the studios. We had a studio space for a long time at the church and right now we're trying to find a new one because we've seen the value and having a space for creative people. But most people, they have a story in and around the space of the studio and being able to come in and have who they are and part of their gifts and talents and passions validated hmm. through a space and materials that are there for them. And also, and maybe most importantly, a group of people who are there to say, what you do matters. Hmm. Uh, we've had someone who came in and just, he was interested in poetry and he started writing in a little sketchbook on maybe week two or three of coming into our open studio. Uh, some of these poems, eventually we started to ask him to read what he was writing and that scared him, <laughs> but he loved reading what he was writing. And, you know, here we are s- six or seven years later and he has self published three different books of poetry. Wow. wow. You know, it's, I was just going to ask you, you know, you've, the Lord always keeps me humble because there are times when I'm thinking like, wow, I really did a good job with that. And then someone else will come along and they'll, they'll show me the same kind of thing. I'm like, Oh boy, I'm not even close to the talent that the Lord has given to that person. So I'm sure you see all different kinds of levels of talent come in. What, what is one project or one uh, initiative maybe that you've talked about, or maybe even one particular artist that has come in and you were just really, really inspired by what the Lord was able to use their artistic talents um, in, and help bring people to a, a knowledge and the loving saving grace of Jesus. Mm. I think of um, one of my good friends, Jacob Lequier, 
who actually lives um he's moved all around the country um since being part of our ministry but when he came in he's a very talented illustrator and character designer mm-hmm. and there was a year in uh, it was 2015 where we decided we're gonna we're actually gonna be intentional and go on mission with some of our artists so we took 10 of our artists on a mission trip in spain and berlin but we started in um our local community in santa ana we're in orange county california and kind of like the downtown of orange county is santa ana and we decided we wanted to make um these portraits of people but in a way that really revealed them as uh, a son or a daughter of god wow. and we wanted to make dozens of these on one giant canvas um and so we had this probably we made like a 20 foot wide substrate that was um clear plexiglass and we put this frame around it that was actually created out of found objects but then spray painted gold so it looked like this baroque gold mm-hmm. frame yep. and people who were walking along the promenade at the art walk would come along and we would offer to make their portrait really quick and it was in the style of Jacob's illustration that he was able to teach many of our artists and many of us were able to participate in this project where we were able to draw people's portrait in under 5 minutes on this clear plexiglass canvas on the promenade of the Santa Ana Art Walk as hundreds of people are walking by at night and our our community became a central space of life at the city art walk and people were having their portraits drawn and having these colorful like orange and yellow halos um drawn around the back of their faces so that it kind of just illuminated it and said like you are you you matter you have purpose mm-hmm. and that gold frame actually was spray painted gold throughout the night to say even more like we want to just like frame your your face in gold and say that you matter and we drew Aria had someone who was talented with words of prophecy and encouragement and truth about people they wrote these words around their head and so that was learning from Jacob's illustration style hmm. and I love using found objects so there's the frame mm-hmm. and then we had someone who loved words um and words of affirmation and all of us coming together created this really beautiful environment at the city art walk where our artists were encouraged to be their best selves and we were trying to encourage others to see their best selves on the art walk and that was wow. a really transformative night so you you really stumbled into something that i really want to ask you a little bit more about is this idea of how does our identity in christ reflect itself in in art right like how how can that intentionality really overflow into that and i know that's probably a wide open question but i'd love to hear where you take that because you you gave an example of that but take that a little bit further how how does who you are in christ reflect itself in your art mm yeah i really like that question because it leads me to to this truth this idea that exactly who we are is what we're supposed to be making. A lot of people try to force because they take their faith and their Christianity their idea of who they ought to be and they try to put that onto the canvas or put that into the sculpture or the design or the photo. They're trying to force their faith 
into this box of creativity. A lot of time that can come out as I have to draw a dove or a cross or a something on this uh, image to uh-huh. make it reflect <laughs> my faith, or I need to put this scripture in the description or else, you know, I'm not doing my duty as a Christian. But really, I think there's something deeper and something wider that we can lean into. And that's exactly what you were suggesting, Matt, is is exactly who you are. That's that's what's supposed to make it into the work of art, what you're really passionate about, what really lights you up. You can feel it in your bones and it just makes you smile. You, you can't help but smile. For me, it's some some weird things like I love I love um, taking discarded objects and making them look and feel valuable again by assembling them in the right way. I really like when the street lights come on right at dusk and you can see it's light outside, but but the street lights are on as well. Or I really, really enjoy long conversations with people. And all those things have made it into my art because I'm passionate about those things. Mm. You can look back in the archives and even that weird idea of streetlights being on at dusk, that's made it into my artwork. And after the fact, I can see so much in the heart of God um, just by looking at that image. And I could explain a ton about that, of course, but I think that's going to speak so much more life into your own soul when you're creating from that place of this is just what I'm passionate about. And it's also going to speak more life to your audience and the people who are looking on. Jason, I really want to just capture the thing you just said, because I think there's a principle here that maybe somebody hearing this week could really just walk away with and, and, and have it be an actionable next step. You made the statement that if we're not careful, we'll so we'll be so busy being who we think we ought to be that we actually will not be who we are. And in that statement there, uh, that is an identity statement that, well, I, you, you, hear, you hear people in their faith say, well, I know I should do this, right? The, the, what they think they ought to be versus let me step into who I am. Uh, you know, and, and, and the great example of this is like, uh, I hear somebody else talk about their spiritual disciplines or their spiritual practices and, I, and they have credits in my book, right? And so I think, well, I ought to be that. Versus how, how does God work and move and live and breathe in my own journey with him? And why don't I be that? Why don't I step mm-hmm. into those practices? And I, I think that's just a million dollar thought that you just threw out there. Yeah, that was fantastic. I was going to ask you to um, play the role of a pastor for us for a second. Because Matt and I, uh, Matt does work in ministry, and and I, I run my business. But we are all called to be ministers. Mm-hmm. But you... You are a pastor right now, and what I would like for you to do, if, if, if I may so put you on the spot here, is just have a pastor moment with the people that might be listening, whether it's in the creative arts, whether it's in technology, whether it's in the government, wherever God has placed you, what can you encourage our listeners in um, being Encourage them in being the person that God has designed them to be wherever he has them planted. What would you say to them? Mm. Yeah, I would say keep doing exactly what you're passionate about. Don't question. Like if you're, if you're passionate about, about cryptocurrency and how to make uh, 
how to make a piece of NFT art, but you question <laughs> whether that's biblical, but you keep thinking about it and you keep, you keep, you know, it keeps you up at night and it gets you excited. I would encourage you that that is where the heart of God can rest. If wow. you are excited about how a piece of ceramic can, can mimic um, the human form, but you're not sure if that's where God wants you, but it gets you excited and it makes you smile or it makes you think, I would encourage you to just lean into the possibility that that is where the Holy Spirit wants to speak. Whatever your un unique passion is, the thing that keeps you up, the thing that you want to talk about at the coffee shop, I believe that that's where God wants to use you, where he wants to speak to you, and where he wants to speak through you to others. And if you try to do anything else that you think, I think God want, you know, I think I should do this. I think that's going to come out as a little bit um, crooked mm -hmm. and it's going to come out as disingenuous mm -hmm. and it's just not going to be as powerful as being the person who is uniquely mm -hmm. you. As weird as you think it is, as unchristian as you think it is, I would encourage you to look at that again and say, how has God uniquely shaped me? And how can that uniquely influence the world? And also, not just give others joy, but be a well of joy for me as well, and be fuel to me as well. Wow, thank you, man. The thing, the thing for me, my takeaway is, is no matter where I am, no matter how God has designed me, no matter what kind of passions have been put upon my heart, those are things that God can use for his honor and for his glory and to show his love to, to the world. And mm -hmm. that was a really encouragement to me this morning, uh, Jason. And, and you brought that, you brought that into, in, into my thought process this morning. So, you know, as we wrap up this morning with that, uh, I just, I really appreciate you taking your time with us today, uh, sharing us what God has called you to do for, being obedient to that call that was on your heart as a young 18-year-old uh, trying to figure out which way God was going to have you go. And it turns out that he let you have the best of both worlds. Mm -hmm. And God is our Heavenly Father, and he does want the best of both worlds for us. He wants us to yield to to his call in our life. And it'll be amazing to see what he will do in and through us if we if we give him those things, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Matt, any yeah, other thoughts? You know, Jason, thank you for, well, two things. One is uh, I believe that artists are a special community. Uh, I have three artists <laughs> in, in my own kids uh, express in different ways. And I, I realize that as a community, having somebody intentional about creating community and caring for them, uh, thanks for doing that. That That matters. But I also believe that your statement about understanding how you live out that passion, boy, that, that could be a powerful word for somebody today. And I would love for you just to pray over that person that maybe is listening, uh, a prayer of blessing over them to have the freedom and permission to pursue that passion. Would you be willing to do that? Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah, I'd love to pray that. Yes, Lord, we're just uh, 
sitting before you and with you right now. And I ask that you put your arm over the person that's listening and that you would speak this to them, that they are good and that they are trustworthy with the talents that you've given them and that they are ready to say yes, to step into what it is that has been put on their heart. Lord, you want to bless the gifts that are in this person's hands. You want to take what they love and you want to magnify it and you want to multiply it and you want to just see them experience joy from experiencing what gives them joy. And so God, I um, I just pray that there would be a freedom and a release for every individual listening right now, that they can walk into their passion place. They, they can walk into what gives them joy. And that even though we might not know right now exactly what that means for the kingdom, Lord, we know that you'll show us. <laughs> we know that you'll make that apparent. After we step into what gives us joy, you're going to take the other half and you're going to show us how that can be part of your kingdom plan. So we are not anxious about this. We are not um, we are not doubting who we are. Um, Lord, we are just wanting to say yes to stepping in to who you've made us to be, and we're going to trust you for the rest. Yes. So we thank you for this, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks, Jason. Jason, thank you so much, my friend. I appreciate you doing this with us. And um, just hang out with us for a moment as we end this time together. And um, we hope that you have a wonderful, blessed day, my friend. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.